Good evening. Let's, uh, let's continue in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for just gathering us here tonight. Thank you we can open your word. Lord, we're dependent upon your spirit tonight to be our teacher, uh, to speak to our hearts, to open our eyes, to make us more like Christ. So we ask for your help, for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to begin tonight by talking about a true story. It's a story of a couple who tried unsuccessfully for over 10 years to have children. After 10 years, they resorted to the latest in reproductive technology. A pregnancy occurred, and as the expectant mother was wondering what the future of her child would be, an angel of the Lord came to her and told her that she would have a son, and then spoke these words to her. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will settle near all his relatives. Now, another translation puts it like this. This man will be like a wild ass. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him, and he will live at odds with all his brothers. Now, I'm not sure that the mother or the father found those words to be particularly encouraging. <laughs> and if that describes any of your children here tonight, please see our brother Chap Bettis after the meeting. But it's a story that's true that we're going to look at in a minute. It's in the book of Genesis. And it has implications for a couple not only in ancient times in the Middle East, but also on this anniversary of 9-11 and for the world as we know it today. So let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, we'll just, again, it's a fairly short chapter, so we're going to read uh, the verse in context. The verse we're going to be considering tonight is verse 12, but let's read the chapter. Verse 1, it's page 11 on your uh, pew Bible. Abraham's wife Sarah had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abraham, since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave, perhaps through her, I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. And when she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress became contemptible to her. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible, contemptible to her. May the Lord judge between me and you. And Abraham replied to Sarai, Here, your slave is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur, 
He said, Hagar, son of slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And she replied, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring and they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, you have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, You are El Roy, for she said, In this place have I actually seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Bir Lahai Roy. It is between Kadesh and Barad. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. And Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. The story of Abraham is the story of God's promise of blessing to the world through a child that would come from his lineage. We see that initial promise. Uh, We're coming right back to the chapter, but look back in Genesis 12 just for a moment because we want to trace the story just a little bit for context. In Genesis 12, beginning in verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left his homeland in faith and obedience to God. And after a number of years, God again confirmed his promise uh, to Abram in chapter 15. Let's turn there for just a minute. And in verse 4 of of Genesis 15, Now the word of the Lord came to him, This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So as we come to Genesis 16, it's been about 10 years since Abraham journeyed in obedience to God to the land of Canaan. He had believed the promise of God, but the dilemma was he remained childless. So Abraham and Sarai came up with a plan. Abraham would have a child through a household slave. It was an accepted practice at that time, but it was not part of God's plan. God's plan was for another child to be born, and that child would be Jesus Christ. And it was God's plan that through Jesus, his blessing would come to the world. So the main thought we want to think about tonight, I just put it like this, Jesus is the true source of God's blessing and peace for the world. Jesus is the true source of God's blessing and peace for the world. There's two, two things we want to consider tonight. First one is our problem. And the second is God's remedy. Our problem. When you think of the world today, you look around us, and there's so much conflict in the world. 
Despite all of our technology, all of our money, all of our resources, all of our education, all the opportunities, especially in this country, and yet we find the world is as polarized as ever and increasingly violent. Despite the promises we've heard for years and years, the world is not morphing into some wonderful utopia, but it appears to be falling into increasing chaos and conflict. That is the human dilemma. And why is that? Well, I think verse 12 encapsulates that problem for us here tonight. Again, it says... In Genesis 16:12, this man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will settle near all his relatives. Though he's the son of Abraham, he is not the son of promise. Ishmael was conceived through the plan of Abram and Sarai. He is the offspring of a slave and a slave to his passions he will be. He is outside of the blessing of the promised one who is to come, the one through whom the whole world God wanted to bless. He is born separated from God, and he is a sinner by nature. And that is the problem of everyone born into this world. It says he'll be like a wild donkey, That is, within himself, there are passions he cannot control. He is a wild and an unbridled man. He is internally in conflict and out of control. It says his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. He will live at odds with all his brothers. So not only can he not get along with himself, he can't get along with anyone else, and others can't get along with him. You know, the story of Ishmael is just a microcosm of the human problem. He was conceived in sin and unbelief. He would be a man at war within himself, at war with others, and ultimately at war with God. We too are born in sin and are sinners from birth, and our sin is the cause of our separation from God. We are separated from the light of God, and we live our lives in darkness. We, too, are at war within ourselves. Our sin nature cannot be conquered by our own strength. It can't be medicated away. It can't be therapeutically healed or solved. And despite despite all attempts at peace in this world, lasting peace has yet to be found. You know, they said World War II was the war to end all wars. But we know that that is not true. And we can cover up our sinful nature and we can dress it up on the outside. But inside us, the problem remains unchanged. Our hearts and our thoughts are unclean. And because God is holy, there is a chasm. There is a a huge chasm that separates us from God. 
and by our own efforts, we can never bridge that chasm. Jesus tells us that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and, 7 and 8, it says, For the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God, because it does not submit itself to God's law, for it is unable to do so. And those whose lives are in the flesh are unable to please God. But praise God, he, he saw us in that condition. And from eternity past, he provided a remedy for you and me. In love, God would send his son into the world. The remedy that God would provide would be a son of Abraham, through whom he would bless the world. But that son of Abraham, God promised, would be his very own son. We were just in Genesis chapter 3, or excuse me, John chapter 3, where it says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That Jesus is the Son of promise that God promised to Abraham And it's through Jesus that God offers his blessing to the world. What kind of blessing are we talking about? Well, it's the blessing of forgiveness. Of knowing that your sins are forgiven. And that the slate has been wiped clean. It's the blessing of a restored relationship with God that we might know and love him. It's the blessing of a changed heart and becoming a new creation. And that blessing was unleashed when Jesus died upon a cross for our sins and was buried and rose again from that grave. And that blessing can be received and experienced when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. It's by faith in him that we can be made right with God and know experientially his blessing in our lives. And so tonight, if you're not a Christian, understand The problem of the world is one of sin and separation from God. Collectively, we're all the problem. But that problem can't be fixed by human reasoning or by human remedy. All attempts in the history of the human race have failed to change us on the inside, to change us on the outside, or to bring peace to the world. The problem of this world requires a divine solution. It requires a divine answer. And God has provided that in the giving of his son. And it is through faith in him that we can be made new. And if we're made new in Christ, we will know the the blessing and the peace of God in three ways. One, the scriptures tell us this, will be at peace with God. Romans 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We will be delivered from his wrath and the judgment to come. And we saw just a little bit about that this morning in Luke 21. Not only can we know peace with God, we can know the peace of God in our hearts. And that's what so many people are looking for today, is peace. And yet, apart from God's remedy, it can never be achieved. 
Jesus said this in John 14, verses 27 and 28. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. And that means we can be at peace within ourselves no matter what is going on around us in the world. And that we no longer have to be a slave to our passions. And thirdly, we can know peace with one another. In Romans 12:18, Paul writes, If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. And, but in fact, God will not only enable you to live at peace with others, he can enable you to even love your enemies. Such an impossibility, but through Christ all things are possible. Because it's only his love that can transform our hearts to truly love. So what is the importance of a somewhat obscure verse about an ancient couple in the Middle East and a donkey of a child that was born to them? It's a reminder this evening that our hope for peace does not lie within us. And nor can we ever achieve it through human effort. That Christ alone is God's remedy. Jesus alone is our source of blessing and true peace. And we can know that blessing and peace tonight by trusting in him. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the promised son of Christ. We thank you for him who gave us life at Calvary. And who is risen from the dead and is seated at your right hand. We thank you, Lord, that one day he's coming again. We pray tonight, Lord, that there would be none that would leave here tonight that would not put their trust in him. That they might come to know your blessing and your peace in their hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.